0: Right, how we doing, people? It's your boy Mario and your girl
1: Aisha.
0: Right, and we are your favorite producers slash DJs slash podcasters, known as Woke Up a Rebel. Pew, pew, pew. Right. <laughs> so uh, today's episode is episode five of Revelations Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about um, some of our top five favorite songs that sort of changed everything for us and kind of made us want to get into this producing, um, you know, uh, art, I guess you can say, or sport, sport to some people. (laughs) What do you think? What are you saying? Everything good, Aisha?
1: Everything's blessed, everything's good.
0: All right. All right. We're out here in Toronto living life
1: enjoying the breeze
0: yeah yeah the weather is actually pretty nice today considering it was snowing on friday
1: a big shocker for us actually especially for those people who started their gardening i feel for you
0: right so today um like we mentioned in our title we're going to be talking about five songs each um that kind of changed everything for us and what we mean by that is five songs that kind of made us want to get into uh learning the craft of making music or what inspires us, what has helped us, you know, throughout our journeys of life, songs that have kept us, you know, motivated, so our go-to songs, you know, when we're feeling in some sort of way or, you know, uninspired or whatever it is. Um, whatever these songs mean to us, these are some of the biggest ones, right? The songs that helped
1: pique our interest into these genres.
0: Right, and what are these genres? since you went there
1: so for me the genre i was focusing on is dance hall Mm -hmm. old school dance hall riddance
0: okay and for those of you who know me um you would know that i really love reggaeton music right and you would really know that if you were listening to our previous episodes right so um Mm -hmm. this one's gonna be interesting so hopefully you learn something from this in case you're interested in learning a little bit of reggaeton and dancehall history right
1: yeah some fun facts for you guys
0: right so do you want to start or shall i start with um i'll start the songs right so let's just you know go through the list of songs and then you know we'll break each one down right so what are your five songs
1: so my five songs are who am Mm -hmm. i by beanie man
0: who am I? And for those of you who don't just know that one part of the title, what's the rest of the song? Sim Sima. Yeah. Of course. Right.
1: And the next song is Massa God Royal Darun by Budi Bantan. Okay. The next song is One Drop by Bob Marley. Legend. Wayne Wonder, Saddest Day. Big two. And my final song is called Tech Him
0: by Mad Cobra. That's a... Uh... That's a very heavy track as well. All right, cool, cool. All right, so my songs are um, "Papichulo" by Lorna. She's a uh, you know Panamanian, Panamanian is that how you say? It? Panamanian artist. You know from early 90, early sorry, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, "Gasolina" by Daddy Yankee. "Oy Mi Canto" by Nori featuring Daddy Yankee, um, Big Mato, and Gemstar. Pobre Diabla by Don Omar, um, produced by Eliel. And this was actually um, also remixed by Mr. Vegas. And I think that was an amazing remix, to be honest. And the last song, en ti by Zion and Lennox, produced by Looney Tunes. These songs are some of the songs that, you know, we really put some thought into um, deciding, you know, and it wasn't easy but these are some of the main songs that really got us to this point where we really want to continuously figure out how these geniuses made these type of songs, right? So while we were trying to put the while we were trying to get some ideas and some facts, you know, for this episode, we learned so much about a lot of these producers, including some of the dancehall producers that you wouldn't believe. Like all of these songs that we knew from the early '90s and stuff that we grew up with. Um, have you ever wondered, you know?
1: How they were made and who was a part of that process. Because honestly, I've never known who the producers were for these songs. I just grew up with the songs and know them. And then I know that different artists put their take on them. But it was really interesting learning who made the songs, how they put it together. And the fact that hip-hop influenced some of these songs, too. Because the producers were hip-hop producers,
0: too. For sure, for sure. Okay, so... um yeah, let's start with Papichulo by Lorna. This song was produced by the legendary um, producer from Panama called El Chombo, and this was released in two thousand three. Um, El Chombo, for those of you who know who he is, he is the person that produced the tracks for um, Los Cuentos de la Cripta, aka The Tales from the Crypt, right? And it was kind of like a, you know a fun thing he put together, you know, using some records from Jamaica right while he was in Panama and stuff so he got together with a lot of his uh, I guess you know colleagues you know that were making music and they created some really good music right and one of those artists that he produced for was Lorna and she came out with this song and I would imagine that for the time that this song came out in conservative Latin America this probably got a lot of heat right so a uh, little bit of what happened with this song, right? How big it got. In France, this single went to number 46 on July 20th, 2003. It climbed quickly and reached the top 10 three weeks later, finally topping the chart for one week. Can you believe that by August 2014, it was the 59th, 59th best-selling single of the 21st century in France, with 364,000 uh, units sold?
1: That's amazing.
0: Right? And yo, this girl, you know, from Panama was sale- selling like that in France. This song went to number one in France. Right?
1: That's how you know their music's really touching people.
0: Right? So, um, one thing that I found while trying to find some facts about this song, I don't know if a lot of you would know, but there's a Pakistani version to Papi Chulo. And it's by somebody called, um sorry if I mispronounced the name, Yannis Jani. Gianni, and he made his own version of the song, which was also a hit in Pakistan. If you follow us on Instagram or on TikTok at Woke Up a Rebel, you'll be able to see um, some examples of both songs unless you know the Instagram police kicks us off. But let's just hope that it works. Otherwise, you'll see some images of what these um, videos are, and we'll, uh, you know, try to figure out a way for you to um, uh, have a link to find them on YouTube and check them out yourself. This song was one of the first Spanish reggae songs that Europeans ever heard. Actually, did oh, you know that? I did not know this. No. Like, it was a, a first for many, many things. So shout out to Lorna, wherever you are, um, Lorna. <laughs> right for those of you, you know understand for the English speaking rolling people. Of the arm <laughs> so yeah so that was a big tune right uh, Papi Chulo right pretty nasty pretty controversial um, some would say today that it's uh, empowering right for women to just be owning their sexuality and being in control I guess you can say look up the song you know what we're talking about you'll find it in our next um, playlist next week On Spotify. That's right.
1: Alright, so for my next... Or your first... I I was about to correct myself, damn it. Alright, so for my first song choice, I chose Who Am I, a.k.a. Sim Simma, by Beanie Man. Love that track. Honestly, I've I've, I've heard it since birth. Just probably even when I was in the womb. I felt it. And when the first time I heard it, it was just like, what is this? I was probably about four or five. And honestly, the song really resonated with me.
0: Man, I'm pretty sure I heard my walls shaking in my building at some point when I was a kid. My walls were always shaking and it was always dancehall music playing. My mom always smashing the ceiling with the broom. Yeah, It was like 11 o'clock at night and all you hear is just a dancehall rhythm, you know, playing. And I'm pretty sure I heard Sim once or twice. know back then.
1: The song was released in 1998 and it's the second track on his album Many Moods* of Moses released in 1997. The song is based on the Playground Rhythm which was produced by Jeremy Harding. According to Harding, Beanie Man had heard the Rhythm Playground on several occasions and he loved it. He'd even written to the tune already before he got to the studio. So Harding said that he heard the door knocking one morning and couldn't believe when he saw Beanie Man sitting outside complaining about how long he had been banging on the door to come in. He turned on the equipment and he went straight into the booth to record a perfect version of the Who Am I in what seemed like
0: one take. That's legendary. He's at that level, you know, like that. I mean, he did it, I think... What what was this, 98?
1: Yeah, 98. I think
0: Beanie Man. At that Jay-Z level, you know, where they weren't really writing or just one take type of thing. Yeah.
1: He must have really felt a connection to the song to be able to just write to it that quick and then go into the studio and boom, done one time.
0: Yeah, that's pretty big. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. All right. So Sim Sima. Gotcha. Uh, Who Am I by Beanie Man. That's a big tune. Alright, so, for me, track number two, Oye Mi Canto by Nori, featuring Daddy Yankee, Nina Sky, Big Mato, and Gemstar. This song came out in 2004. You know, that was a really, really, really big song. I was was looking for some facts about this song, right? And one thing I came across was S.B. Killa, right? The guy who produced the song, because I really wanted to find out who produced the song, right? And it wasn't anybody that I would have imagined, right? It's a hip hop producer. It's actually the guy who has been producing Nori's beats from time, right? Sp Killer. So shout out to you, right? And it's pretty cool, right? The backstory to Oye Mi Canto, right? So Sp Killer, he's not a reggaeton producer, right? He's a hip hop producer. And Nori told him to, you know, try to produce a reggaeton type of beat. You know, Nori just had this idea, you know, I guess he was really getting in touch with his uh, Puerto Rican side of his roots, right? So he told Sp Killer to produce a track around this uh, verse that he had from Tego Calderon, right? And he's like, "Yo, just try to do this." He's like, "But I don't, I don't know." He's like, "Yo, just, just do something around it." So um, Sp Killer said in an interview that I found, right, that he took the vocal home, made a beat around it, brought it back to Nori the next day, and Nori loved it. You know, and they did their little tweaks to it, and. Um, for some reason, Tego didn't want to be on the song because apparently he was asking for too much money. So Nori took it to Daddy Yankee. And what did the Yankee do? Yankee told him, I'm not going to charge you. I'm going to do it for free. That's crazy, right?
1: Great. Yeah.
0: Right? So Yankee um, said he wanted to do it for free because he wanted the exposure, right? Think about it. Nori was, like, at that time, I think he was just recently signed to Rockefeller. Yankee was trying to get into that BET market, that American market, you know, and it made sense, right? Reggaeton and hip hop, it just, it makes sense that he would try to get into the BET market, right? Yeah. And so what happened with that, um, they got uh, Betty Yankee on it, they got Nina Sky on the hook, and, you know, the rest is history, right? And it wasn't meant to be shopped around to a label, it wasn't meant to be uh, a single, right? They just were making the song for fun for Puerto Rico Day Parade in New York, right, but the song ended up just making some noise, DJ Camilo broke the song on the radio, shout out DJ Camilo, um, he broke the song on the radio for the first time, and everybody just started going nuts, right, it was a new sound, I guess, to mainstream America, right, that was listening to hip-hop, so, you know, they, uh, they showed love to Daddy Yankee, and it sucks that, you know, Tego missed out on an opportunity like that, because, I guess, you know, greed, you know, so... It is what it is, right? But yeah, so I think that Way Me Canto is one of those songs that really impacted my life because I had never seen anything like that on mainstream TV. What about you? Next song?
1: Okay. Well, for my next song, it is called Masakad World Run by Buji Bantan.
0: Okay.
1: And this is called the General Rhythm. I wish we could play these songs so you guys could all hear, but they're very popular. You probably would, um, you probably would recognize it if you heard it.
0: We're gonna put some of these songs in our playlist. Yes. Woke so, Up a Rebel weekly playlist on Spotify. Make sure to follow it. So. Then
1: okay, so my next song choice is called "Massa God Roll Around" by Bujibantan. It is on the General Rhythm, which was produced by Donovan Germain in 1992. And he has a recording company called Penthouse Records. And there are many versions to this song, but Buju Banton's version is my favorite.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. The Buju Buju Banton version is my least favorite version. I know a lot of people might want to kill me for that, but... Um, there are other versions of it, and to be honest, I think I like every single one of those versions. Okay, more. Okay,
1: so we're not we're not gonna do that. You're not
0: gonna do that. No, but I'm saying like there's no, a but you don't
1: even use there's a Wayne
0: like, Wonder version, there's a Ghost version, Sanchez version, Jack Radix, Marcia Griffiths. You know, I, I, like, I actually like Marcia Griffith's version the best, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: but you you can do that. You can do that and say which version you like I'm the best. I'm just saying but I like his the least. least. I'm not saying it's a bad song, I'm nope. just saying
0: I like it the nope. least. Nope,
1: nope, nope, well, Why is it
0: that you like the Buju version the best out of all of them?
1: I like that one because one he was one of the first dancehall artists that really resonated with me, and I love his voice because of how unique it sounds. And that was the first version of the song that I heard before I heard all the rest of the others.
0: Okay, but but still, like honestly, compared to the other versions that I have heard of vocalists on the general rhythm, um, Marcia Griffiths by far the best one. I just think the this melodic, you know, vibe to it, just the way she sings on it. I don't know, Bougie's version it's is not just not a little even too about, raspy it's
1: not even for about, that rhythm, I it's think. It's not even a ab- that are you crazy his voice is perfect for that rhythm especially with the message he's trying to
0: put through. yeah the message the message is amazing right the the lyrics right actually you know when we were listening to it yesterday and i sat down and i really listened to the lyrics it's some next level stuff people should listen to it don't take my word for it i you know you don't have to think it's a bad song i'm not listening listen to it just because i don't like it it's a good song just prefer the other ones Yes,
1: yeah, so you just don't like the man's voice But it's okay You know, to each their own Everybody has their own opinion Even theirs, yours is just
0: mm. Okay, false. whatever false. Okay, whatever Okay, right? So, that's you That was your second song, right? Uh, my third song Would have to be Pobre Diabla By Don Omar Produced by Eliel This song was released in August 2003 And there's a remix with mr vegas so on july 9th 2005 this song peaked at number seven on the billboard latin airplay charts and let me tell you something about this song pobre Diabla. let's go back trip down memory lane every time we went to the parties no matter what jam it was when the song came on it was just next level like we had never heard anything like it I can only imagine what it was like to be an adult going to the clubs when the song was out, but us as kids, you know, it was inspirational like it was different, you know, like we were growing up to this. It was uh, for the most part all we had was music, right? Some of us, right? To escape to, right? So hearing all of these new sounds like everybody was just really trying their best to be unique at the time, right? I think uh, the beats that Eliel was making at the time were really um, complex and unique. You know, de is dope, no? He's, he's okay, yeah,
1: he's okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: How can you just say it's okay? It's okay, people. She just said that Bordeiavla is just okay.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
0: but it was a it was a big song, and um, it was I think it was Don Omar's third single, right? That he put out. Right, he had put out Dale Don Dale, and he had put out what else? Otra Noche. Otra Noche. Probably. But, anyways, what's your next song? What's your next song?
1: My next song is One Drop by Bob Marley, and it was made in 1979 from the album Survival. Okay.
0: Big two. Right, and which rhythm was it? It was the the one drop, one drop rhythm? It was the one
1: drop rhythm, one of the three main reggae drum rhythms as performed by the Wailers drummer Carlton Barrett. Okay. And so the song uses Marley's most militantly Rastafarian lyrics in one drop. He's saying he wants the teachings of his majesty and not the devil's philosophy in the sense Rastafari was not merely a a religious faith. For Marley, it was a political and philosophical worldview. For those who don't know, the one-drop rule is a social and legal principle of racial classification that was historically prominent in the United States in the 20th century. It asserted that any person with even one ancestor of black ancestry is considered to be black.
0: Wow, that's actually pretty interesting. So, they call it a one-drop rule. Interesting. How do you feel about that? the song has a very powerful message in it it does when we were listening to it you know it's uh, writing
1: against isms and schisms
0: isms and schisms (laughs) (laughs) right like honestly um, yeah you listen to a lot of uh, militant music for real
1: (laughs) it's not militant music it's just you know music to help lift your conscience and keep you up 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 and talking about the realities of
0: life and the struggles that people go through. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a big song. Okay. That's your third song. All right. So my fourth song is going to be a song by Zion and Lennox called Ayal Ti," And Ayal Ti" was produced by Looney Tunes, and it was on the Mass Flow album that was released in 2003. This album, I could have a whole episode, Honestly. Where we just talk about Must Flow, right? But we're not gonna talk about that right now. But I am excited to talk about it. Maybe we might have a whole episode where we um, actually discuss it. Y'all let us know on Twitter at rebel. You know, let us know if you would like to hear a Must Flow uh, Looney Tunes episode. Um, but yeah, uh, fun fact Did you know, uh, people, that Lennox from Zion Lennox, he is Maki, from Yage Maki's brother? Maki AKA and Machiavelico. Yeah. Blew my mind as well. And did you know that Zion is first cousins with Jordy Boy? Yeah, right? Interesting. Had no idea. You don't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, let's not let's not do this. <laughs> you don't even know who they are. But, um, yeah, so this song, Hay Algo en like you don't understand, it is an amazing track. The instrumental is futuristic. I can't even explain how amazing it is. But it really changed my life. It changed uh, the way that I listen to music because it made me really start dissecting beats because it, there was just so much going on, but in a good way. Right? And not too many people can do that, can perfect that. Can do that. Right. Like so a lot of people, including us, you know, have had very busy beats, you know, but Looney Tunes somehow found a way to um, space it out and just make it make sense. For right.
1: anyone who doesn't know, Mario is a huge Looney Tunes fan. Huge. Huge.
0: Right. So, um, yeah, that's why I Al is is, uh, you know, in this list at number four.
1: And coming in for my fourth song is called The Saddest Day by Wayne Wonder. The original track was by Derek Harriet, performed by Keith and Text, known as the Tonight Rhythm. Okay. And the song goes like this the saddest day of my life. It's when she let me with a broken heart.
0: Okay, I won't sing the All rest right. of this, you know, but I didn't know that we were gonna be getting some some <laughs> I should have beatboxed right there. Like,
1: enough time. <laughs> Like a a lover's rock rhythm. Kind of a slow tune that you, um, you know, you sway to, you rock to. Mm-hmm. And I love the song and it always resonated with me because of the bass line and how melodic. Melod- melod- melodic? Are you okay, fam? Yeah, yo. <laughs> the bass line always resonated with me because of how melodic it was and I love that. And of course, Wayne Wonder's voice. And uh, yes, it does help that I've seen Wayne Wonder in concert. When did you see him?
0: We saw him at that same festival.
1: Oh, well, I saw him in Antigua. Okay. Mm, like, Okay. two well, years okay. ago. Okay. I was right there. He was right there. I just oh, well, right had to reach right my there. hand over. I
0: saw him here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's also a, a few other versions, right? While we were doing some research, right? We came across some other versions that uh, you uh, other artists... Sorry, they used the Tonight Rhythm, right? Yeah. Some of them being Tony Rebel, Buju Banton, Barris Hammond, called A Little More Time. Sorry, the Tony Rebel song is called It Can't Work. The Buju Banton song is and Barris Hammond song is called A Little More Time.
1: And that one goes, I wish you would stay longer.
0: I don't know if we should edit that out, but we'll, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> why oh so and there's galaxy p <laughs> tickle her fancy that song is yo absolutely hilarious. tickle her
1: fancy is <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah,
1: tickle her fancy. yeah. <laughs> that one i love i just discovered that one i didn't know that
0: one before right. galaxy p tickle her fancy go look that up people after you listen to the podcast all right so yeah that's uh the saddest day that that tonight rhythm it's a pretty big tune mm-hmm. And it's really sick. I'm not going to lie. It's a really sick track. Really like it. Always liked it. Always loved it. Right? And for my last song, right, a song that changed everything for me when it came to me falling in love with music, wanting to create music, the song would have to be Gasolina by Daddy Yankee, Produced by Looney Tunes. But... A lot of you don't know that this song was co-written by Eddie Avila, a.k.a. Eddie D.
1: Daddy Yankee.
0: Yeah, so um there's a huge controversy behind, you know, what happened between Daddy Yankee and Eddie D. Some people think that, you know, Eddie D kind of like... It, The spotlight was stolen from him, I guess, you know, because Daddy Yankee just did it better. And you know what? If that's the case, that's the case. You know, he did it better. Right? Can't hit on the man. But Gasolina was a global hit after... I don't know which one came out first, Oye Mi Canto or Gasolina. But both of those songs catapulted Daddy Yankee to global stardom. And remember when we were looking up some information on these songs? When... Nori, Daddy Yankee, and everybody were performing the song at the Source Awards. Oh, yeah. Daddy Yankee oh, was just up there, like, the camera wasn't even on him. Like, he was just there. You know, and who would have thought that that guy that didn't even have the camera on him for too long would end up being the biggest star that was on that stage one day?
1: It's amazing to see. It's, right.
0: It's amazing to see people come up on this thing. Right, so. Yeah, Gasolina, it's, uh, I don't know. Gasolina. I don't know. Like, what can we say about Gasolina? Like, Gasolina, it, uh, it speaks for itself, right? Like, I don't even need to explain what the song is or who it was. Like, everybody knows this what, song. What year
1: did that come out?
0: Uh, 2004. And it came out in the Barrio Fino album. And that album, like, that's a whole other episode right there, just talking about Barrio Fino, right? The, from start to finish. Album is fire. Almost every single song. Um, was a hit. Gasolina features vocals as well in the in the hook by Glory. And she's a female artist from Puerto Rico who is actually um, featured in a lot of songs, believe it or not, right? You could, if you only knew like, you know, what songs I was talking about, song for song, you'd be like, oh, wow, she was in a lot of songs. Wow,
1: she was in a lot of songs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, so she's the one who in the song says, Dame más Gasolina, meaning give me more gasoline. Right, so you know she had her moments.
1: That was the only that was the only word I knew in the whole song. Right. When I first heard it in middle school, I was just like eh, hey, gasolina,
0: right. you know, what I'm <laughs> Right, so um, yeah, so that was produced by Looney Tunes, and it, yeah, like there's just I don't even think I need to say a whole lot about Gasolina. The song is huge, right, and it really um, made. ...Latino kids and everybody Latino feel proud. You know, we n- we've never really had that kind of exposure in uh, mainstream media like that. So that's why that uh, rounds up my five songs.
1: And to end my five songs, my last one is called Tech Him by Matt Cobra. And the original rhythm is by Eric Donaldson, Cherio Baby. The composer of the original rhythm is robert aka bobby digital
0: the only bobby digital i've ever known to be honest is rizza
1: <laughs> well this is the original
0: for real
1: <laughs> so the cherry baby version was made in 1971 and it was entered into the jamaican festival song competition mm-hmm. and it ended up winning the competition and became a very big hit single in jamaica And Donaldson won that competition six times after that, (laughs) including the year I was born. And his songs have been covered by both the Rolling Stones and Black and Blue and UB40 on their 1983 album, Labor of Love. Okay. And the rhythm has remained extremely popular over 30 years, and more versions have come out, and even an
0: updated version by Donaldson himself. Wow, you just reminded me of... Labor of Love the festival. Well not festival, but the party that used to happen at government. Oh yes. Yeah, Labor of Love.
1: Sweet Cherry yeah. Oh Cherry Oh baby. We're both talking about
0: two completely different things here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right, but that's that's cool, that's cool. So yeah, those were our top five songs, right?
1: hmm
0: Right, so those were our songs, people. Um songs that uh changed everything for us. That made us really want to get into this music thing. There's a lot more songs, so please don't think that these were our top five. These were just five songs that, but, off the know, top of our minds, yeah, that, that really,
1: influenced us into yeah. you know falling deeper into the genres we love and uh, helped how we develop our own music with you know sounds that we want to reflect these tunes that help bring us up. So
0: right, and uh, these were um produced by some legends. So the song seems similar, right? Like it was produced by what was his name? Jeremy Harding?
1: Jeremy Harding.
0: Right? So Jeremy Harding, right? In the interview that we were watching with him, he had said that they used what, what were they using?
1: They used hip hop samples. They yeah. chopped up hip hop samples and put it into the song and that's how they put it all together because he used to produce hip hop music which makes so much sense now that i really think about it the different sounds and stuff that they used in the songs i'm just like you know it doesn't only feel like a dancehall kind of a thing that's the vibe but like
0: really had a lot of hip-hop yeah. elements and he was saying that he also used the hip-hop bass right to make the baseline for this song
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and he's learned a lot of that managing um hip-hop acts in montreal canada what what
1: and he produced so many of the popular um, dance house songs that were coming out during that time in the '90s. Yeah,
0: right. So shout out to them. Shout out to Jeremy Harding. Shout out to uh, Donovan Germain. Uh, shout out to everybody else who produced um, these songs. The that, pioneers
1: of producing yeah. these types of songs.
0: Honestly, shout out to Looney Tunes. Like, without all of you guys, these who knows where we would be. Who knows where we would be.
1: Where we would be.
0: Right. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. And we're going to find a way to link all of these songs for you to listen to them. And do your own research. Get a little bit of a history lesson with these songs. Because some of these songs, the samples go way back.
1: Way, way, way back.
0: Right. So. Yeah, go
1: listen to some of these songs. Honestly, it might change your mind or how you feel about... Music in general. Like dance hall today versus dance hall yesterday it's not the same.
0: Right, really not. Same with reggaeton music, but that's another conversation. Alright. All right people. So thank you for tuning in to Revelations Podcast, episode five. This is your boy Mario and
1: your girl Aisha?
0: Okay, and this is episode five, our top five songs that changed
1: everything.